Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast, where we talk everything technology in worship. And by we, I mean myself, Eric Coleman, and my good buddy, Benji Satorius. Benji. Eric. We are back at the round table. We are. We have a really cool episode today. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I like talking tech, obviously. We're, obviously. We're the tech, it's what we do. Tech talk. Tech talk. What's new? Well, I've started to take more of a deep dive into some digital audio workstations mm, stuff. As in a DAW. As in a DAW. Yes. D-A-W. And kind of migrating out of Ableton specifically into logic environments. Mm, nice. Good old logic. Um, it's just kind of the transition that we've been making. Yep. So I'm porting everything over from our Ableton live tune session that we use. Yep. And trying to make a logic version as well as just doing some digital audio recording multi-tracks of our services and mixing down some individualized songs. So nice. maybe if one of them's like super good, we'll post it on our Instagram reel or something. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. You better do a good job. Better do a it. good job. But that's cool. Maybe in a future episode, we'll uh, get a little update of the old, uh, how you switched and what you were doing and what you're now doing. Yeah, I'm not ready to process talk about it now. You're it's still deep kind of in a it. So, sore subject. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you're trying to figure out some automation stuff. Yes. But we'll, uh, we'll touch on that in a future episode. So, what have you been doing? That's kind of me, I guess. And there's other things, but I. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing right now that I have been doing recently is I just purchased the new Mac Mini M2 computer that mm. is going to be used for kind of a dual purpose computer. Okay. As of right this moment, we are starting to record our multi-view and our com chatter, I guess you could say. So uh, we're putting that out on YouTube and it's more of a training piece for our team to uh, learn, grow, teach uh, better communication and better workflow and creating an experience for our live stream services. So as of right now, that's what that computer is doing. Hopefully soon, I think the last time I heard our goal is by Easter, uh, we're going to bring back our online host for our live streams. We were doing that back in COVID days. Uh, and then we didn't really see a big need for that. Now we are starting to see that that could be a need. So we're working towards a online host person. And so this person would sit at this M2 computer that would be streaming our multi-view but then also watching our live stream and being our online host and kind of a last minute eyes of everything of, you know, how does it look? How does it sound? They don't really need to know like the technical aspect of 
oh, 2K is too high on that local mic, but they can tell us, oh, there's no sound or there is sound or there's no image or whatever it might be. So just a visual person that will also be our online host that will also just hit basically the start for our live stream for our multi-view. That would have been nice this past weekend for me because I don't have anyone doing that right now. Yeah. We don't have that at church. Oh, that's right. Your audio dropped out or Our something. Our audio was dropping out randomly. Mm-hmm. But I think that was more of a, it was definitely more of a networking something or other. Yeah. So I don't even know in the moment what we could have done to like fix it because yep. it was happening randomly. Yeah. It only You just would have known about it probably earlier or sooner. Maybe yeah, not necessarily a fix. getting but, a text or a comment yeah. from someone. Yep. But yeah, it's just kind of like, what do you do? Like, I rebooted it in between services, hoping that would fix it. And that didn't? It didn't. Uh, yep. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of thinking like a quality control host person that's basically going to sit at this computer that hopefully will be able to tell us those types of things. Well, let me know so, how it goes because I yeah. think that's something that I would like to implement is yep. just kind of quality. Yeah, it should be good. We'll, uh, we'll see. The reason why we threw in like the quality control aspect of it is back even with COVID days, our online hosts didn't really have much to do. Our people viewing the stream didn't really do much chatting, I guess you could say. That's part of the reason why we felt the need that we didn't really need that person uh, because they weren't, weren't really doing much because there wasn't much chatting going on. But we do feel like we do at least need somebody there in case someone does have a need or a prayer request or whatever it might be. We have an online host there that can uh, address those things. But since that is kind of a a small, at least for now, not a very busy position and kind of boring if you, you know, could be boring, we'll throw in the, well, watch our stream and make sure it looks good. You see a picture the graphics are correct and you can hear basically. So give them something else to do just in case the, uh, the chatting is a little quiet on a service. But yeah, that's, that's uh, the newest thing for me. We just got that computer last uh, Friday or Saturday. So it's, it's pretty, pretty new and fresh, but I hooked it up, got uh, that weekend recorded and made some minor adjustments. We're using OBS for that. And it seems to be uh, working pretty smooth for right now. Um, OBS is a super powerful tool. It is. We do need to do a full episode super just powerful. on that. Guy. The more I use it, which is not very much because we have not used it in the past, uh, but we're using it for this. It can do a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot. And of I'm things. not like I'm not even using it to its full potential. Like. We're not using it for really switching, but you could run all your cameras into it and use it like as a switcher if you need it or wanted to. Yeah. We're just taking a an output of our switcher going into it. So it's not really doing any switching. It's got two channels of audio. So it's got a program feed and audio feed. But like, yeah, you can do so much with it. So granted, that, you can do a lot in ProPresenter now. You can. ProPresenter kind of is a OBS replacement as well. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on your computer, it might not be able to handle, you know, playing a video and actually running ProPresenter and live streaming at the exact same time. So you might need another computer. If you don't have a campus license, then ProPresenter gets pretty expensive at that point where OBS is 
Free. Pretty cheap, as in free. One of the most important parts of your worship services is your screen. Think about it. Everyone in your congregation looks to your screen for song lyrics, sermon notes, announcements, and scripture. It's a big deal. To keep your screens looking their very best, look no further than Church Motion Graphics. CMG has all of the eye-catching worship backgrounds, sermon and announcement slides, countdown videos, and more to bring your screens to life. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com now to find your next great look. Speaking of that and outputs and pro presenter and all that, that is what we are talking about today. But before we go on, we have a question. What? That got sent to us through our Instagram account. We got sent a question? We did. People are listening? I guess so. So if you're out there and you're like, oh, I've got a question, shoot us a message on Instagram, technology Technology in in worship worship podcast. And shoot us a message if that's a question that, hey, you talked about something on a previous episode, I have more questions, or I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. How would you do this? How would I, you do that? Shoot us a message and we will uh, address those blindly, like on air in real time. So I know the question. I'm looking at it right now. But, I have no but idea. But Eric has absolutely no idea. So we're going to get his answer and then I'll get... And then I'll give you my answer as well. Obviously, I've had time to... Have you kind of thought about it a little bit? Not much, but a little bit. All right. I'm ready. So, yeah. So, if you guys have questions, uh, shoot shoot those over to us and uh, we will address those. So, here's the question. It's pretty long. Oh, wow. I like Um, long questions. So, here we go. I'm going to just read the whole thing. We are wanting to provide live translation to Spanish for our English language service and to English for our Spanish language service. What would be the most affordable way to accomplish this goal? This is where Eric is thinking right now. I am thinking. Because he is uh, first time hearing this. So they have a Spanish speaking service Service, and and they they want to translate that to English. And they have a English speaking service that they want to translate to Spanish. What is the most affordable way to be able to do this? Now, I'm I'm assuming uh, this there's, was not in the question, of... but I'm going to assume this is for people that are in the room, not necessarily on their live stream. Yeah, it's not like a post-produced video right. or something. And so. Yeah, so my guess is this is for, I, I'm attending the Spanish service and I don't know Spanish. And how does that get translated to me the most affordable way? Well, this is an interesting question because at Harvest, we used to do this. Oh, I did not know this. Oh, uh, yeah. For a period of time, we kind of put an emphasis we are a very English culture, but there is a also a very prominent Spanish yep. influx in our area. So our main services are in English, and we wanted to be able to translate them to Spanish. Yep. So what we ended up doing was 
obviously we needed a team behind it to provide the translation and this could go either way I suppose so you would just use the same system how we did it was we used a hard of hearing system to essentially broadcast the signal wirelessly to these little body packs it's almost like like a hearing impaired thing yep it's almost like a in-ear system kind of thing but specifically it was for hearing impaired and then yeah someone was just in the back booth room translating the service as it happened um there was not a pause right it wasn't like speaking english speaking english pause right wait for a translation yep. it was as real things time were happening and, yeah. real time yep so i we ended up we're, we don't really do that anymore we kind of have like a more of a small group that focuses on like spanish ministry got it rather than a service right at least right now yep so as far as the range of price, I actually wasn't even involved in purchasing. What was the brand that, that you said? I didn't say a brand because I don't. Oh, I remember. thought you said a brand. Got it. I basically just needed to provide them with audio, and the Spanish ministry itself kind of took over and handled the rest. Yep. But I don't think it was all that expensive. Yeah, it was kind of a cheap unit probably from like China and it wasn't super well built I yep. guess plastic I do remember that I would agree that is probably the most affordable way to do it and the easiest and best way to do it where uh, you have a small room that somebody is sitting in whether they're they have studio speakers or headphones, I would recommend headphones so you don't get any bleed from the speakers into a microphone. And uh, they talk into a microphone that is then patched into a hearing impaired device or system. And then you've got little body packs that uh, you hand out to these people. Uh, We've never done the translation thing, but we do have a hearing impaired system. It's just tied into our front of house board it just gets the main out of our board. And so people that, you know, hard of hearing during the message, they don't really use it during music, but during the message, they might not be able to hear. They can grab one of these little devices and clip it on their uh, pocket or whatever. They have a little set of headphones, plug it in. They have volume control and they're able to hear. So um, you can get these systems. It depends on how many devices you need, but you can you can get into a system for you know a couple hundred bucks, get a microphone, set of headphones for the person to talk into. You feed them just your main left right mix. They can hear and they translate in real time, and then that works both directions. That works English to Spanish and Spanish to English. So yeah, you could go a step further if you wanted to, depending on your pastor. If they actually write out their message, you know you can give them a script, but you know, in real time, they're able to do that. And yeah, that would be how I would do that. Any other thoughts on that? I did have one more thought. But you oh, Ooh. it was a, it's a tangent, but it's a thought on it. Okay. 
So this question was much easier to answer in my mind than where I thought it was going. Oh. Which where I thought it was going, I'm going to just take a tangent, is how do you display oh. and pro-presenter yeah. both languages, both or, languages yep. for like showing a verse and, yeah, I guess showing a verse in yeah. two different languages that I don't have any clue. So it can be done. I know it can be done. I don't know how to do it. Okay. Uh, I have seen people on Facebook uh, in the ProPresenter user group uh, post how to do uh, two languages. I, I, we don't have to do that here. So I, don't, I never really paid attention of how they'd pull it off. But it can be done. So if you're also wondering that, uh, jump over to the Facebook group if you're on Facebook and search search because it's already been posted so you don't need to post it again uh search uh bilingual pro presenter words or something along those lines and uh two translations yeah translations you should be able to hopefully find a few of those posts that have been already posted when we get there that's what i'm nervous for i feel like that's a harder task if i remember correctly it's Oh, you're, are you talking about like questions that we don't know or if you have to display, display like at, at harvest? Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it, it's relatively easy. Like oh. once you get it set up, okay. but I, uh, yeah, I didn't pay too much attention. So, so what are we talking about today? Today? But you, you alluded to it, but yeah. I, it's been unclear to me. So there's a, there, there seems to be a lot of confusion out in the world of how many displays my Mac, my Apple computer can handle for typically ProPresenter. And we're going to focus more on the Mac side of things because uh, we'll touch a little bit on the PC, but you know, you just can buy a graphics card and get more outputs on a PC. You can't really do that on a, uh, on a Mac. So, um, but yeah, seems to be a lot of confusion. Plus there's also the new Mac or the new M2 that just came out. So, which depending on the model, you can get more outputs with those. You've got the studio. So we're just going to dive in of how many outputs these computer, these computers can handle. And if you need to do one more than what the computer can handle, what do we suggest you do? If you need five more outputs, what do we suggest? And we're just going to talk about that. And then uh, hopefully that clears some things up for everybody. Yeah. So I think when it does come to displays, a lot of people first, their first experience with displays are literally just, they see the computer has three ports. Yep. So it must, it should and must <laughs> be able to do three displays. Yep. But particularly, in the instance of the new Apple Silicon chips, I would say that is not the case. Correct. They have more limitations just within the like logic board yep. of the computer. So yeah, let's take one step back and just talk about Pro 7 first. If I remember correctly, when ProPresenter 7 first came out, they marketed marketed the uh, output number to basically as many as your computer can handle. They did, yes. Uh, which, depending on your computer, could be a lot. I think since then, 
from what I've heard, they don't really say anything more than eight, I think, eight or nine. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that, but they market that software to handle as many as your computer can handle. So if your computer can handle two outputs, it can it will output two outputs or 10. Uh, in theory, it should be able to do 10. Um, but I think they said they've tested up to Optimized eight or nine. Eight. So yeah, so let's let's talk about some of the Mac minis, the iMacs. What do you run at Harvest? We're running a Intel iMac. Okay, so you're doing... 27 inch yep. for our main ProPresenter machine in the Worship Center. Yep. And so back, like you just uh, talked about, back before the new M chips, uh, typically those computers could handle uh, multiple outputs, really. Yeah. Uh, depending on the computer, it could handle quite a few more than what the computers seem to be able to handle now. Yes. Like, uh, I think the new MacBook Air can only do one display, I think. Yeah. Or... Uh, in the M1 series, it was only limited yep. to one for sure. Yep. So, but before that, you could, like, you had more ports, so you could use all the ports that you had, but on that machine, you can't. Yep. So our, yeah, we have the Intel, and then we do have an M1 Mini now in our youth center. Yep. Okay, so now you you talked about that. So the M1 came out... 2020. 2020, thank you for that. Uh, and that was kind of the first go around of the M chip and how many outputs can it handle and how does ProPresenter 7 run on it? How powerful are these machines? And I ended up getting one pretty early on. You were an early adopter. Very, very early. And as our main worship center computer, which at that time, if I remember correctly, we were running... It was either five or six outputs on a trash can Mac Pro, which could handle that. It just had uh, lightning port connectors, I believe, that we converted to HDMI or SDI, and it could handle, I think it was six outputs. And it worked fine. It was getting a little little outdated and sluggish. So the M1 came out, and I'm like, hmm, a computer for like $1,000? As like my main computer, seems too good to be true. Considering you were using, what was that originally? The trash can, eight, uh, eight grand? No, it wasn't that much. Five? I want to say it was like four, oh, if okay. I remember correctly. I, Somewhere around four to five. Okay. It was expensive for yeah, sure. Yeah. Drastically uh, more than the M1 Mac Mini. And But like all the reviews are like, it's faster. It's faster. It's faster. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, so I got one. We ended up getting the uh, quad card for Black Magic because we needed six or more outputs. So whoa, 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 whoa! You're jumping ahead. I know. I am jumping ahead. Why'd you do that? So the M1 computers can handle two outputs. Only two. Only two. What? Only two. So. If you are looking at buying a computer and you happen to buy a M1, it's only going to handle two outputs. But it has an HDMI. Yes. And two Thunderbolt ports. That is correct. I should be able to do three displays. You can't. So, uh, 
that's what a lot of people think, actually. But that's the news is it can only handle two. So one of those is going to be for your operator. So really, in theory, it, it's only outputting one, one. more for ProPresenter 7. Just one. So if you're looking at getting that, it can be done. You can add more. And we're going to talk about that. But natively, right off the bat, it's only two displays. Now, I'm going to jump in. Why, why would I need more displays? I mean, am I just sending lyrics? Aren't I just sending lyrics to a projector for displaying you are. lyrics, notes, and things like that? Yes, you are. So, but then you could send more. So I'm done. What, well, else do I, what else do I need? So there's lots of different outputs that you could potentially have. So you have your main screen that could be a TV or a projector. That's what your audience would watch the announcement video on or see the lyrics of the worship songs or sermon slides, that type of stuff. You could also have what they call a stage display or a confidence monitor, some people call them, which is typically in the back of the room or front row of the audience, sometimes on stage. And those typically only show text or timers, stage messages, things like that. So the singers can see the words that they are supposed to sing and hopefully sing the correct words. So you can set those up really cool. There's there's a lot of different ways that you can set up a stage display uh, through the new Pro 7 option. Before Pro 7, it was basically like the same text that's, you know, text with no background and you're good to go. Um, But with Pro 7, you can do so many different configurations. It's pretty sweet. Setting those up in the looks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So you have a uh, main, main display. You've got your uh, confidence monitor uh, screen. If you're running a live stream, you you can get away with one, but it's ideally you do two sends, which is uh, called an alpha and a key, to your video switcher, and that's how you overlay the text on top of a camera or a video signal. So you can again, you can get by, get by with one, and you know you could add like a green screen layer and key that green screen out. That's one way to do it. The cleanest way would require two outputs. So now we're at one, two, three, four, four. not counting your op display. So your op display would be five yeah. right there off the bat. And then you could add more of, you know, if you have a preaching TV, that would be another one. If you've got an LED wall, that could be another one. If you've got a center screen projector lyric banner, that could be one. There's lots of different outputs that you could have potentially. Yeah, there's five pretty common. I would say fairly common in most churches would be uh, probably four or five outputs needed. Yeah, I think four is kind of like the ideal number. Like you said, you can do your main screens, then you have your streaming look, two channels preferably, but you could get away with one. Yep. You could. stage, And then stage display. And then a stage display. Yep. And, and your operator display. And the operator display. What I'm hearing is a regular Mac Mini M1 M2 base, base model can't do that. 
That's correct. That's correct. So maybe as far as natively, as but far there, as natively, there's ways around it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. Yep. What's the? And so, I'm playing. I'm just. I know the answer, but I'm. <laughs> I'm just uh, helping you out. You're just here. having. You're just having fun feeding me questions here. Feeding you questions. What would be a way? Is there a way then that I can do that with a just a base level Mac Mini? Yep, sure is. There's there's a couple different options you could do. So you can do if you just need like one or two outputs. What I would probably recommend would be the Blackmagic Ultra Studio Mini monitor device. Uh, plugs in USB-C, and that gives you an SDI or HDMI out. You can get two of those, which now takes your M1 from two to four. Still remember, your app display is still going to count as one. So you're getting three outputs for ProPresenter. If you needed more than two, I'd recommend going with a DeckLink Duo card, which is a PCI card that you would need to get a Sonnet enclosure uh, box. Basically, it's like a breakout box that plugs in USB-C from the computer to this box. Thunderbolt. Let's let's make or sure. Or Thunderbolt. It's technically Thunderbolt. It's the same cable. Same shape of a cable. Yeah, sure. Anyways. <laughs> USB-C is a very weird cable. It is. As a side note, because there are cables that just charge. That is true. And then there's cables that send data. That is true. And then there's data, different data speeds. That is also true. And then there's Thunderbolt, which is also like USB-C, but like super fast speeds. That is correct. But they all look the same. That's that correct. That is the only annoying thing yeah. about USB-C. I like the uniformity. I Apple, love that Apple no matter which way I plug it in, it goes in. Yes. <laughs> Versus USB-A, which you have a 50% chance of getting it in correctly, and I seem to never get it in correctly. <laughs> it's always the wrong It's direction. always the wrong way, but yet it's a 50% chance of getting it right. Anyway, that was a complete side note. Yeah. Apple, so, we're still waiting on you to get your iPhone in order, but yeah, please take your sweet time. Uh, so you have a Thunderbolt cable that goes from your M1 to, these, to this breakout box that the DeckLink Duo card plugs into this box, which then gets you four additional outputs. Now, uh, it's kind of weird how they call it the Duo because they also make a quad, but the Duo is four outputs. Yes. Uh, so there's four SDI Or jacks. inputs. Let's or inputs, yes. You can make them inputs, inputs or outputs. And so they give you four SDI connectors on, the, on this card that you can use as outputs. Now, when you set these up, the computer does not see these as a video output. So if you go into your system preferences and go to dis displays, you're not going to see a third or fourth or fifth or however many outputs from the DeckLink card or from the mini monitor box either. Uh, these are designed to basically only work through software, which in our case would be ProPresenter 7. So ProPresenter 7 will see those as outputs, but your computer is not 
reading them or seeing them as outputs. So that's very important to see or to know. So you've got the mini monitor, which is just one output, but you could have multiple of those plugged into the computer. Then you have the DeckLink Duo card, which gives you four. And then you could also do, or instead of, you could do a DeckLink quad card, which gets you eight, which is actually uh, micro SDI connectors. So you just get a little jumper cable that's, you know, you can do a little one foot jumper cable or you can actually- I didn't know that. Yeah, so you convert the micro SD to standard SDI cable. So there's a lot of options to get you multiple outputs on an M1. So within the M1, you have a configuration of either an 8 gig memory or 16 gig memory, and you cannot upgrade those anymore. No. So you need to think ahead, at least a little bit ahead, and plan ahead. Don't get the 8 thinking, oh, I'm going to upgrade it later, because you're not. Get the 16, and you'll be set for a long time. I think 8 is the lowest recommendation from ProPresenter 7. Well, it doesn't go any lower. Right, right. But they, they, they're like, you, you shouldn't get the bottom of the lowest recommendation. Yeah. Um, get the 16, you'll be much better off. Well, that leads me to just a question. What yeah. did you get recently? It's not doing all the hard laboring. That's correct. As other machines, but you did just purchase an M2 Mini. I got the M2, not the Pro, but we're also not running ProPresenter 7 on it. Correct. So but I got the M2. 8 gig? 8 gig uh, with the 512 hard drive. Because the hard drives you can't upgrade either. No, and there is something goofy about the base model. The, fi- five, the, 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 the uh, 256. Yep. It's the, like slower. The right, I think it's the right and read or it's one or the other. Speed of the hard drive is actually very poor. Yes. So that's why I did not get the base model. I got the upgraded hard drive. Uh, but any case, going back to the M1. So we run, we, uh, we have four M1 Mac minis in our production department, all running ProPresenter 7. So our main worship center campus runs the 16 gig version with a 512 hard drive. And we're running, uh, I'm trying to do this without counting, I believe seven outputs. So we have the DeckLink quad card, which are using six outputs, and then the op display. And I'll break those outputs down. So we got uh, side projectors for our audience. We have a center lyric banner, which is a different output. We have uh, alpha and key for our live stream lyrics. We have a stage display, and we have a preaching TV. So that is six, uh, all running off of the DeckLink quad card. We run a video input into the quad card, but we're not really processing or doing anything with it. We just see it on a our um, operator display within Pro 7. We're not streaming or anything. It's just there for so we can see on Pro Presenter 7 app, can see like what's working, not working type of thing. So that's an input. 
And then we have our op display. So technically eight video signals, one as an input, seven uh, outputs, all on a M1 Mac mini. But we're also running uh, lighting from that same computer. We're running QLab from that computer. So we're doing a lot of automation type stuff from that computer. It's sending signals to lots of different computers and devices. Um, what else are we running? We're running uh, just a web page of Planning Center for our Planning Center Live. Um, yeah, and it has not glitched or had an issue. It's like rock, rock solid. solid. Our other three M1s, uh, we have one in our youth room, which is, it's got no additional outputs. It literally is op, display, op display and our projector. No stage display, no lower screen graphics, nothing like that. And so that's the 8 gig version. And then I've got another M1 in our kids wing, which does have a DeckLink Duo card. Um, and that's just running a project. It's running op display, projector, and stage display. But the projector and the stage display are coming off SDI. So it's just it was just easier. I already had the card. Cabling too. Cabling. I already had the card. I just had to buy a breakout box and it was set to go. And then our M1, and that's also the 8 gig version, which is also running lighting. So all of our computers run ProPresenter 7 and lighting on the same computer. And then depending on the computer, runs possibly Keyboard. more, more uh, software. And then our multi-site campus, our portable campus, is also a base model 8 gig version, which might shock you all, but we are live streaming from that computer as well. So that's running ProPresenter 7 with a DeckLink Duo card running projector and stage display and then a video out and a video in. So the video in is just getting one camera. The video out is being sent to a wireless transmitter that gets sent out to a hallway for our lobby TV because we meet in a gym or sorry, in a school. And so that's an 8 gig version, base model M1, and we are bringing one camera in. So we're not really switching, but we're bringing one camera in, doing lower screen graphics, motion lower thirds for titles, and live streaming, and running lighting, and all on that, all on that one M1. base M1. Nice. And it works great. That's so good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> because we have the base M1 now in the youth center, which yep. makes me excited. Yep. So that's that's the rundown of like our M1s and how they function and how well they work and how you can get additional outputs. So it sounds like the moral of the story really is your computer is limited by the hardware, mm -hmm. but you can expand it with an external graphics card and expand it by a lot and expand it by a lot. Yes. Yeah. One of the things that I like doing with this expansion setup is using the two displays off of the Mac mini for like a mirrored output. Mm -hmm. So I can send a mirror to the video switcher and also have the op display. Mm -hmm. So some of our groups are like showing things on the 
desktop. Like maybe they need oh, to I go see. to like a website or yep. something to show yep. it. And then that can go on to so a, that can a go screen. to the screen. Yep. But then they also have their op view of it as well. Yep. So that's been cool. And then obviously the four off of the Decklink Duo card. Yep. Is really great. So yep. there's technically something plugged into every port on our Mac Mini. Yes. So the M1 Studio, uh, depending on your resolution, can could support up to five displays. So again, it depends on your resolution. Uh, the higher the resolution, the less displays it can handle. Um, but that is an option as well because by the time you buy an M1, 16 gig version, which I don't even think they sell those anymore because the M2 just came out. But anyways, if you, if you picked up an M1 or if you had an M1, um, by the time you add a Decklink Duo card and a breakout box or a couple of the mini monitor boxes, you're close to the price of a studio. Now, you're, you still got to spend a little bit more to get to a studio, but you're getting a faster computer as well. So that is something to, to uh, consider because they have the, an updated or upgraded M1 chip. There's different M1 chips and the studio has a, a faster chip. Then recently, they came out with the Mac Mini Pro. Well, M2. M2 Pro. There's a base model M2, and then there's an M2 Pro. Uh, So depending on which M2 chip you get can depend on how many outputs you can have. So the base model M2 can support two outputs. So basically the same as the M1, but it it's a faster chip and blah, 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 blah. But um, it can handle two outputs as well. So if you needed more than two, you'd still need some sort of breakout box, mini monitor, or whatever. Uh, The Pro can handle up to three outputs. So you can get a, it's a faster chip. You can get more memory if you needed more memory, more hard drive space, um, but it can handle up to three displays. Again, depending on your resolution. So that could uh, save you a little bit of money. So maybe you only have to buy one of these mini monitors instead of a Decklink Duo card if you only need, say, four outputs. Um, So that's an option as well. Did you have anything to say on any of that? I don't, other than I do think the M2 Pro model is kind of the way to go now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a main workhorse machine. That was kind of where I was going to end up with like a... This is, if I were to buy a computer in today's world, uh, what would I get? Um, now, er, beginning of the episode, we did say we would talk about PC a little bit, and I will touch on that just a little bit, because you can add more graphics card to a computer, typically, and have more outputs. You're always going to have the person that, oh, I can build a PC that's going to be cheaper, cheaper. than uh, uh, Apple, and, and it'll, more be, colorful. it'll be better, and have flashy lights, and it'll be cool. And, and that might be possible. I'm not saying that that's not possible, but you are taking a chance of either having a volunteer or a staff member have to buy all these parts to assemble this computer. And if they do, great. Chances are you're probably going to find or buy something that isn't going to be compatible. Then you got to take the time to return that piece, buy another piece, uh, 
Of course, it can be done. It's more time consuming. In the rare case that something goes wrong, let's just say like a year from now, that volunteer is no longer at your church or serving, or they're too busy to help you, or that that staff member that built all that has moved on to a different role or no longer at that church, who's going to support this computer now when it needs to be updated? Who's going to support it when you need to add another graphics card or something just doesn't work on it? So you got to keep all that stuff in mind. Uh, Can it be done? Of course it can be done. ProPresenter 7 works great on PC, but that doesn't mean that that might be the best option for your church and the best use of funds uh, for your church. Um, Just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's going to be better better or work better or last longer. Um, So again, we started this episode saying the M1 was like, I was saying the M1 is like too good to be true. And I was scared at first, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk on paper. It appears to be as good as it. I think it should be. The price just doesn't support how good I think it's going to be. And sure enough, it has lasted uh, for th- th- almost three years now. I got and it. And it's still doing fine. And I'm not even thinking about replacing it right now. So you just bought a new M2, and I did. you weren't even thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to shuffle it around." No, or I didn't anything. even buy it with the intention of ProPresenter Seven. Yeah, it's like I said, it's for the online host and streaming for our multi-view. That's it. So I didn't need like the multiple outputs and have to buy, you know, spend more money for that that particular particular model. So, um, yeah, I would say. Well, I'll get your input today. Today. You had to buy a computer. Uh, You have, uh, let's say, $2,000 to spend. You need to buy a computer and you need, um, you need, let's say, five outputs or four, four or five outputs. What would you get? Yeah, I'm going with an M2... Mac Mini Pro with a Decklink Duo quad card, and that's less than two. Well, the quad card would be more. The Duo would be less. Oh, sorry. Did I say quad? You I, said mean, quad. I did mean Duo. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think you'd be right at two. Right maybe, at two. Maybe just over two. Slightly but, over. Uh, but that's gonna be. And I'd probably, I'd probably go with like a base M2 Pro because I think you can update it with more. At least more storage. Yeah, I think the base model storage is 512 for the M2 Pro. That's fine. I'm in the cloud. And yeah. I, external I, drives anyway. I believe all of my computers, I think, every single one of them has a 512 megabyte hard drive or less because we save everything in the cloud. I only download the stuff that I need for like that particular week as far as like announce a video and t- that type of stuff. And then I upload that back to the cloud and it's off my computer when I'm done with it. So yeah, none of my computers have more than 512. I'm not saying that any of you guys uh, don't need more storage. Just in our case, in our situation, I'm on top of my computers all the time. I don't store a lot of junk on my computers. My desktop has, I think, one icon on it, which is like the hard drive icon. 
And so I'm just very particular of keeping things clean. And when I'm done with it, I don't necessarily delete it. it, but I get rid of it off the computer. So I get it on the cloud. So if we do need it for some later date, we have it, but it's not taking storage or space on my computer. So therefore, I don't need to spend the extra money to get a bigger hard drive. I'd rather get more memory or a better CPU, like a better chip, than spend more on a hard drive, at least for our case. There's obviously some churches out there uh, that probably have files from 1980 on their computer. And uh, I'm not calling you out, or but I'm a, calling you out. Or on a desk in VHS format. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you've got like 50 icons on your desktop. Get some organization done, clean up some stuff, and actually your computer will run faster that way it and, does. and better when you get rid of junk. So... But yes, I would I would agree. The Mac Mini, as soon as they came out with that M1, I have been sold on Mac Minis since then. Uh, right before the M1 came out, it was a, I don't know if you remember, it was a long time since they have updated the Mac Mini. It was, yeah. Like a, a long very time. long time. And we were running the Mac Pro, the trash can. And I was to the point of thinking about buying the new Mac Pro like the, the tower guy, the yep. cheese grater thing, which is stupid expensive. Yes. Like stupid expensive. And I, was, I wasn't super close, but I'm like, that's on my radar to buy in the next like six to 12 months to replace the trash can one. And because they didn't update the M1 or the uh, Mac mini, I wasn't really... I've never really been interested in the iMac. I don't know why. I do have one. I just, I personally have not been sold on the iMac. For me, anytime I have a computer that has a built-in display, I'm just more hesitant only because if something goes wrong, you lose like everything. The whole, the whole computer's done as far as like until you get it repaired, if you can get it repaired. Versus, oh, my monitor went out on my Mac Mini. Swap it. I, I probably have an extra one. If I don't, I run a Best Buy, I buy a $100 monitor, and boom, I'm up and running. So that's kind of why I've kind of kind of stayed away from the iMacs, but they are great machines. You you guys run them at Harvest, we and they were great. a lot of them, yeah. And so, yeah, I just kind of been hesitant to that. And so then the M1 came out, and I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I'm like, I'm sold on, on the M1, the M2, the Mac Mini, uh, Pro, Pro, all the studio, just the whole Mac Mini thing. Ecosystem, the ecosystem is. Uh, I just love it. It's super tiny. I have all of them in our rack, in our server room, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Wouldn't it be great if you could just snap your fingers and immediately you'd get people more involved at your church? Picture it. People would press in during worship. They'd be fully focused during your sermons, and they would be excited to hear announcements. This is the wish of many churches, because we all know the struggles of getting the attention of our community. That's where our friends at Church Motion Graphics can help. CMG equips churches with a large library of eye-catching graphics for worship, sermons, announcements, and more that will help you get attention and move your community forward in their faith. With just a few clicks, your church can start looking great. 
reaching more people, and getting more involvement than ever. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com today. So as we wrap up, uh, we talked about the Mac Mini. We really basically only talked about the Mac Mini. Pretty much. <laughs> um, we I, I guess I just kind of touched on the iMac. You have the iMacs. They work great. I talked about the Mac Pro, the cheese grater. Uh, I would highly recommend you never buy, or you do not buy that thing in today's world. Oh yeah, don't do uh, that. Because that is still running the Intel uh, uh, chip in it, which is technically outdated at this point. One, I don't think it's a, a wise use of church funds to, to spend that much on a computer. And to me, it's technically old technology at this point. So unless they update it, which my guess is they probably will, probably this year because all their other computers are running the M2 chips now. They probably will be updating that, but I still think that is a lot of money for a computer if you're only doing like ProPresenter 7 type stuff. Uh, it's a great workhorse for video editing and audio editing and post-production post type stuff. But in the live world of ProPresenter 7, to me personally, I think it's overkill for 95% of churches out there. So with that, I hope that uh, helps you guys out. You guys know uh, hopefully what computers to get. Hopefully that answers any questions of how many outputs my Mac will handle depending on the chip that it has. And uh, just a reminder, if you guys have any questions, shoot us a message on Instagram, Technology in Worship Podcast. And we will address that uh, in real time. Someone will be blind uh, with the Mainly question. Mainly me. Mainly you. <laughs> I'll get, I think I said this. I'll give you the username and password. Yeah. And uh, whoever clicks on it first just needs to let the other person know, hey, don't don't look at this message from John Doe. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll try to answer those uh, on the fly, I guess you could say. So... Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Later.